0: That is the opening aria of J.S. Bach's Goldberg Variations. This version was recorded under the Creative Commons Zero License, meaning that it is essentially free of copyright. Beautiful, isn't it? The Creative Commons Zero License is part of a new movement in copyright law but new is a relative term because the idea of copyright itself is not that old in the grand scale of human existence, and it's this history that we're going to talk about today. Welcome to Deltas, a podcast about our collective past and present world. Copyright is a great example of how an idea can go from having no presence in the world to touching the lives of nearly everyone on the planet, in a relatively short space of time. The first modern copyright law was the Statute of Anne, enacted in England in 1710. Prior to this law, the closest thing to copyright in England was the licensing of the Press Act of 1662, That act placed the power of print and the responsibility to censor literary works exclusively in the hands of a guild of printers called the Stationers' Company, or to give its full modern name because it still exists, the Worshipful Company of Stationers and Newspaper Makers. Censorship by the Stationers' Company under the Licensing Act had led to public protests, and in 1694 Parliament simply refused to renew the Licensing Act. This effectively ended the stationer's monopoly on the printed word without really putting in place any system to allow writers to make revenue from their work. So, in 1710, Parliament passed the Statute of Anne, named for Queen Anne, England's monarch at the time. It set copyright to last for the duration of 14 years, with the option to renew that term. During these 14 years, only the author and any printers the author had licensed their works to could publish the author's work. The new method of allowing authors to own and enforce copyright was hugely popular, leading to similar laws being passed in other countries such as the United States Copyright Act of 1790. However, nothing big happens again in copyright for more than 150 years after the Statute of Anne. Not until a meeting in the Swiss city of Bern rewrote the rules of copyright. In 1886, a group met in Bern, Switzerland, to produce a set of standards for copyright, which the world needed for one simple reason. Then, as now, the world was becoming more and more interconnected. Lots of countries had some form of copyright by this point, but there was almost no agreement on how those laws interacted with each other. Authors would travel from one country to another, writing different books along the way which as you can imagine led to a very convoluted web of legal complexities. The key points of the 1886 Berne Convention were authors no longer needed to register their works in each individual country, giving authors in one country that was part of the Berne Convention the same protection in every other country that was signed up to the Berne Convention. In fact, the Berne Convention removed the need to register at all making copyright automatic and extending it to unpublished works. Under the convention, creators held copyright to a work as soon as it was created in some format, be that a writer's unpublished draft or the artist's rough sketch. Most importantly, the Berne convention has been adopted by almost every nation of the world, making it the planet's de facto standard for copyright. Now, remember that 14-year period where authors held the sole right to their work? Well, the Berne Convention changed that too, setting the duration of copyright at 50 years after the author's death, or in the case of anonymous authorship, 50 years after publication. In the years since the Berne Convention, relatively little has changed. More countries have adopted it, and the term has been extended from 50 to 70 years after the author's death in most countries. But the rights laid out in the Berne Convention remain more or less unchanged. The right to translate, the right to make adaptations and arrangements of the works, the right to broadcast. All of these were covered by the original act. In fact, the two most common criticisms of contemporary copyright are not the rights that it covers, but that it either lasts too long or not long enough usually depending on whether you own a large and sought-after collection of intellectual property or not. This discontent with the status quo of copyright law has led to alternative approaches. In 2002, the first Creative Commons licences were launched, a set of licences that allow creators more choice in the level of legal protection for their work. There are remix licences that allow derivative works and attribution licences which encourage reposting of content Wikipedia is actually copyrighted under one of these licences. Perhaps the best way of illustrating how long copyright lasts is to return to the Berne Convention, which, had its author been 20 at the time of publication and lived to 90, would still be covered by copyright more than 130 years after it invented modern copyright law. It's difficult to say where copyright will go next. If recent history is anything to go by, it seems that we're moving full circle to a place where copyright is again becoming fragmented and varied under different legal frameworks. Safe to say, it's going to be hard for any of these variations to match the sublime beauty of the Goldberg variations. Thanks for listening, I'll see you next time.